The following is a Just Green production brought to you by the Might Be News Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Might Be Brews, episode 60. We are the big 6-0 in, uh, I don't know, episode age? Podcast age. Podcast age, but I don't know, I guess that's kind of an exciting milestone. But we are the podcast where we explore the people, places, and brews of the craft beer world. My name is John, with me as always, Mr. Steve. How you doing? You've broken my yearly tradition. What's that? It's the first day of football. What today is? Today is the first preseason game. Oh. So normally I should be at home really pumped up to watch football and then turning it off after four plays because it's preseason. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I watch Big Brother. I didn't even realize that football was back. I am uh, so deep on F1 right now. I've forgotten that like any other like uh, No sport, Olympics? No Olympics. I haven't watched ah. a stitch Who are of you? Olympics. I don't know. I- I'm a new person. I've, I've evolved into something new. But we've got very special guests. If you can't tell, guys, we are broadcasting live from beautiful Exton, Pennsylvania at Iron Hill Brewery, the, uh, the new location, the main production facility, I believe. But we've got Seth here with us and Doug. Seth, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Fantastic. Thank you. You are a friend of the show, a uh, repeat offender. It is. It is a repeat. <laughs> and uh, Doug, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for... Um, for, for helping set this up and allowing us to come in here and uh, get to go, get to know you guys. Um, real quick, before we get into the questions, make sure you check out mbnnetwork.com. It's never been easier to find your new favorite podcast. Also, make sure you're following us on YouTube. Search for MBN Network and make sure you're subscribed um, for our live streams, podcast episodes, uh, and all the, the content that we're putting out there. Um, help us make the show bigger and better than ever before. Become a patron on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Network. Sign up to get bonus episodes and entered into monthly giveaways. Shout out to our sponsors. We've got two of them. You know me as CBD. I uh, use promo code MBN to get 20% off free shipping and a free gift. That's unomiacbd.com and linode.com. Accelerate innovation with Linode simple, affordable, and accessible Linux cloud solutions and services. Go to linode.com slash MBN, create an account, and get a $100 credit. So, guys, Iron Hill, right? It's like, in my mind, I'm just going to give you the perspective of somebody like me, all right? Um, if you guys don't know my beer history, I know everybody out there in the world does. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I feel like I'm a relatively new craft beer fan. But you guys were well established when I got into craft beer. You know what I mean? Like, I had some of my first craft beers as Station Tap Room was opening, right? So, like, that was how, you know, I, the first time I went in there, the only thing I knew I liked was um, Lindemann's Frambois. You know what I mean? I was like, I wasn't even into hops and stuff, you know? So, um, that's what I was drinking, like, the first time that place opened. So, um, Iron Hill, I feel like, is one of the OGs that was here before the big craft beer boom. You know what I mean? And I'm really interested to, like, kind of get an idea of what that was like. And when I was on your website today, I think I counted, like, 20, 21 locations, or is it just under 20? I forget, but 
We just opened number 20 yeah. uh, in Atlanta uh, just Monday. So very recent. Very exciting. In, in Atlanta, you said? Yeah. Very cool. In Perimeter. Uh, that's yeah. our second location in Atlanta, actually. Holy cow. So so give me an idea. Um, I don't know if, if, if you guys want to... If you guys can go down that route with me, but try to describe maybe what it's like for Iron Hill to be like one of the OGs and then how craft beer has evolved to just like exploding. And there's, you know, however many 400 breweries. Is that right? I don't know. In, in PA, something like that. Yeah, I think in we're, the neighborhood? Appro- we're approaching like 450 at this point. Yeah. So, so like, obviously, with that craft beer explosion, how has Iron Hill stayed relevant? And and be and you know um, continue to grow and, and expand and open up new locations. Uh, I think our ability to adapt. You know, when we opened in 1996, uh, I was 16 at that time, so I yeah. wasn't really part of it. Uh, but you know, I think at that time you could have a golden beer, an amber beer, and a stout or a porter. And sure. You you got you had the whole variety of uh, American craft beer. <laughs> sure. And, and that's learned, the extent of it. Yeah. And over then. the past 25 years, learning to adapt uh, the trend of New England IPAs. Sure. Uh, you know, there was we didn't consider putting a hazy beer on that. I we didn't even have IPAs right. when we started. Uh, but then you know, jumping on the new trends and sure. changing along with the beer industry. Uh, you know, not necessarily changing our values and making beer, uh, but, you know, getting a new frontier of what the brewing industry is doing and new styles and yeah. new hop varieties. That, that was kind of one of the things that I was always wondering about with Iron Hill, because you go, you guys always have your cores, your um, five, six. Yeah, we're, we're, we're at about six. Six. Yeah. Uh, but then it seems like each individual brewery has their own little specialties, one-offs, seasonals. Is that a corporate decision? Uh, these guys are doing this beer. You guys are doing this beer in Westchester. You're doing this beer in media. Or is it an individual brewer at each location? Who's coming up with those little kind of one-offs, I'll say? Uh, yeah, you know, we're, we've always been the, the brew pub company. Uh, and each location did have its own brewer, and that brewer would have their own personality and contribute their own thing to uh, their tap list. Some of our brewers love Belgian-style beers and would focus on that. Some of the brewers love hops, and you'll see all the IPAs coming out of that category. Uh, out of that, uh, that location. Out of that location. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, now we're a little, we communicate a little bit more. Yeah. So, you know, we mix and match. We, you know, we learn some things that one brewer would do and we'll incorporate that so i think instead of just having one mind coming up with beers we'll kind of uh you know get the opinions of a lot of brewers and get sure. the best of the best all around do you feel like you found a formula that works with like the the restaurant in general is that how the location seem to like um continue to open and be so successful and and continue to expand that there's like you know obviously I would, I would assume, like, you know, the liquid's got to be good, right? You've got to have good beer. But, um, you know, how much thought goes into everything else, like the restaurant, the food? You know, h- how does all that play out? And, you know, do you feel like you've figured out a formula? Or is it still like, this looks like a good market, let's just give it a shot? Uh, no, we, we, I mean, over the past you know, 25 years, we've been able to develop an algorithm 
and figure out what works for us, what doesn't work for us. And we're not afraid to say something doesn't work. You know, there's, I think that's one of the things that's made us successful is that if something's not working, we're not, we're not afraid to be like, all right, that's not working. Let's try something else. Yep. Um, and with our restaurants, we kind of do the same thing. We look at it and from a, from a data analytics standpoint and we say, Hey, like this is a good place to open a restaurant and this isn't a good place to open a restaurant. And I think that's helped us along the way. And we still employ those, those same data analytics today. Um, not just with the restaurants, but with, with the production brewery as well. Sure. We also kind of had a mindset of, you know, we have 20 locations, but we don't, we don't act like a big company. Each yeah. location, we focus on a community. Uh, you know, we uh, try to get the, the regular customers in that region. We, sure. uh, our, the brewers have a personal relationship with uh, some of our regular customers. Yeah. In fact, even tonight, we have King of the Hill Night, which yeah. uh, a lot of our regular, uh, regular customers who part of our loyalty program, we put a special beer on tap for them. And we talk to them like straight over to bar and have a beer side by side with them. And I think that's something you don't see from a lot of big chain restaurants. But sure. uh, like I said, we don't act like that. We act like the small uh, community restaurant. Yeah, sure. Since you touched on it, why don't you talk about today a little bit? I know King of the Hill Day. It's also National IPA Day. Um, so what did you guys specifically do here uh, to celebrate? Uh, yeah, we put together a sampler. Uh, four different IPAs. We have a, a special release of an IPA, uh, Neon Vibes, which is uh, a variation of our hipster IPA, but uh, infused with uh, passion fruit yep. and guava to give it a yep. tropical fruit character. We also have a couple can releases today. Uh, Chewy IPA, which is one of our New England IPA styles. Also Grow Fresh IPA, which is an orange West Coast style IPA. Uh, we nice. got a lot of IPAs on tap today. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Is that what we have here? Uh, we have four of our nice. IPAs here right now. Yeah, because two look hazy and two look like West Coast. Yep. yep. <laughs> Very cool. I, I would normally be the guy to, to tell the people, stop putting so many IPAs on, but it's National IPA Day. You so you got to have your IPAs <laughs> on. And, and you guys do not have a shortage of other beers other than IPAs on, which no. I am very thankful for, and I definitely try every time I'm in here. I love that I know... There's some kind of Belgian on wherever I come to in Iron Hill anywhere. And I don't know if that's conscious, but I just know, oh, well, I can try that Belgian and, and know that there's going to be something new and fresh there for me to try. Yeah, I like um, the King of the Hill program because I think it's like an interesting idea to like pull people in and then keep them coming back. Like it's kind of a no brainer when they explain it to you to sign up for it when you come in. Like if you haven't yet, you just you got to do it. And um I was really excited to come here today and they're like, do you have your card? Are you a member? And I'm like, yeah. And then they brought me out free food and a free taster. And then my beer came in a big mug and you know, it didn't, it really didn't take anything, but you feel like you're getting some special treatment. And I feel like that little extra touch um, is a lot better than somebody just slinging you a beer across the bar. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, one of our, one of our hallmarks is that, we treat every customer the same way, whether they're in here not having a beer or having yep. a beer. Like we, we understand that that our first line of defense with our beer and retail is our pubs. We, you know, every brewery has a tap room. Sure. We just have to have twenty, and yeah. that's great. Like that's a huge advertisement uh, plus for us, and it's a way for us to get new beers in front of people 
before we have to put them into retail and it's a it's a playground for us it's it's you know people like doug and the brewers like they're able to like put out new ideas and judge them on what the consumer thinks and sure we can pivot from there if, it, if it's a great beer great it's awesome that's that's fantastic but let's be honest not every beer is going to be a winner and we understand that and we've accepted that and being able to pivot around with that mentality has helped us to sustain what we've done for the last 25 years sure i'm trying to think like are there any other breweries that have that many locations i mean nothing that's like Maybe like your Rock Bottoms or yeah. Gordon Beerish. Rock Bottoms or yeah. Gordon Beerish is about yep. the only two I can think of too. That's that's a that's an achievement, man. Like I, you know, some of like the most popular nation brand or nationwide brands don't have that many locations. It's pretty crazy. But I mean, I don't know. Everybody knows that, um, or at least I think everybody knows that a brewery, like the the best, the best situation is to sell somebody a pint. You know, that's when you're making your best buck. But, like, how much um, distribution do you guys do and how much of it gets out there? And, and, and do you distribute to all those markets that you have restaurants also? So we did not start distribution. So let me back up. Where we're sitting right now is our production brewery. Yep. Uh, the production brewery opened during COVID. It's mm-hmm. always been the idea of our owners to have a production brewery and to have distribution. It just was never a reality until recently. But now we have this gorgeous 30 barrel facility. We have a brand new canning line that we love and we were able to start distributing wholesale. So we are distributing in Eastern Pennsylvania, middle Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Fun fact, we launched New Jersey in two weeks. So we're super happy about that. That's exciting. Go fish. And we're also in, in Delaware. So nice. we yep. have been able to put our beer into the markets where our restaurants are. We're not in South Carolina and Georgia yet in mm-hmm. retail, but we are available. Uh, can, our cans are available at our pubs down there. Nice. But it, it's always been just this idea that we make really good beer and we want people to understand we make really good beer. We want people to enjoy our really good beer. Right. And having to have them come to the brewery to get it was kind of off-putting to a certain extent. Right. But we are now everywhere craft beer is sold. You can find our cans. You can find our releases. We are launching draft this month uh, in eastern Pennsylvania and in New Jersey. So you will be able to find our beer on draft at your favorite craft beer bar. Please ask them for it. They will certainly get it for you. Sure. Um, And we're really happy about that because it, it allows us to spread our wings even further and put our beer in front of even more people. And I think any brewery whether you're a pub brewery or a you know a, a regional brand that's your goal like for the sure more people that can you can get your beer in front of the better and we're really excited to be in retail now and pushing our beer to the consumer without them having to come to us to get it yeah that's awesome this place is huge <laughs> you guys will certainly be able to kick some beer out of here was the plan when you, uh, the plan was to have this be the production facility I noticed the tap room restaurant is set up a little bit differently than the regular restaurants. I don't say that in a bad way, regular, irregular. There's kind of more the um, the snack bar, I'll call it, uh, set up. Was that conscious because of the production brewery or was that a byproduct? That was a horrible question. Or was it more COVID related? I mean, yeah, like what was the thought process? Uh, no, th- uh, we it were, seems like it's a more popular format, yeah, we were format, in construction right? here Wait, long before COVID too. Yeah. Uh, but I... Is a lot more beer focused. Sure. Uh, even the menu is designed to 
you know, really fit with just drinking beer. Sure. Uh, so, you know, we want this place to be a destination too. Uh, and we're kind of a hub for the Iron Hill universe. Yeah, uh, we okay. don't just have beers on tap that we brewed here. We bring in beers from some of our other locations too. Nice. Uh, so if you want, uh, you know, the big picture of what Iron Hill has to offer as far as beer, uh, then that's what this place is for. Gotcha. Uh, you nice. know, come here, see where uh, the packaged beer is made, see the canning line, uh, and have some food that's yeah. really designed to go side by side with our beer. What about, um, so for, for people that are like beer nerds or in the industry that kind of know what goes into brewing, can you try to describe what would make people excited about this brewing facility? Like what you guys have here that's you know, state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line, the size, things like that. You know, anybody that, that's in the know, try to describe for them what's really special about this brew space or this brew house. Uh, yeah, we really uh, didn't spare any expense. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of stainless. Yeah, it's a lot of stainless. A lot of tall stainless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we bought ourselves a good packaging line, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're focused on some quality control aspects that uh, – I don't want to say we never thought of as brew pubs, uh, but it's a lot bigger focus here. And, you know, yeah. we got to not just produce a huge variety of beer, but get that consistency and get them exactly uh, how we want to. Uh, whether you're drinking it in a can three months from the production date. Yeah. Uh, as you are drinking it on day one over the bar. Sure. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I can't tell you how many fermenters I count. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. But so pretty much everything that you guys are putting out in cans or um, do, do some of these restaurants brew for themselves or are you guys pretty yeah, much going to yeah, be sending absolutely. out a majority of it? Uh, well, the canned beer is all, all out of this. Yep. All out of this. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, our individual locations are still... Uh, they're still brew pubs. Yeah, you know they're still. Nice. You can still go there, meet the brewer, uh, have a beer alongside them. Yep, and have a you know beer straight out of the tank that they produce the beer in. Yeah, that's very cool. I guess it's really neat that like um, even though that you guys like if people that have multiple locations sometimes they're not always a brew location. Sometimes it's just you know this is where we're where you can have beers where there's kegs and cans. But for there to be like that uniqueness of maybe what, how that brewer's touch is kind of cool. You can get like a little bit of a different um, vibe on the beer list, maybe, or something like that, depending on where you are. So, um, out of the beers that we have here, did you have your hand in just about all these? Uh, I believe all of them. Yeah, yeah. you sure did. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think we should start with? I'm going to have my hand in one here soon. Yeah, let's start yeah. with. Uh, you start with with crypto. Yeah, sounds yeah, we'll good. Start, with, start with the double IPA. Yeah, let's we'll start with the double. <laughs> we'll work our way. Sounds down. like a good idea. Doug said he's getting some feedback there. Hopefully that's uh, that's better. Just adjusting the things here. Let me know if that's any better, guys. So tell us uh, tell us about the crypto. Uh, so kryptonite is our double IPA. Uh, big is the key word here. I mean, it's a big, strong beer loaded with hops. Uh, you know, one of our old school IPAs going back to when I started drinking craft beer. I love the 
the big IPAs like that, loaded with uh, some of the classic American variety hops, uh, like Centennial. Right. It's definitely a throwback, a throwback beer, and not just like throw one back. That would get quite dangerous. Yeah, yeah, but it definitely it speaks to the older style of of West Coast IPA. Yeah, that grapefruity, piney hop yep. character. Yeah, piney. You're definitely very hop forward. A little bit of that, um, you know, that uh, that maltiness. Not the not so much like it's sweet, but it's um, that caramel malt. You know what I mean? It gives it a little bit of that color, but you know you can get that flavor too. So it just takes you right back to to West Coast. But that's really good. I was I was thinking like right off the bat, it's just like even though it's very hoppy, I don't know if it's from the last beer that I had. Um, it's just balanced, man. It just feels like nice and as weird as it's a double IPA, but it just feels like very easy drinking somehow. Like it just it just works. It's smooth. Yeah, it doesn't drink like a double IPA. You don't get that like overt no. booziness to it, yeah. or it's not hot. Like it, it just drinks like a regular yes. old IPA, but it clocks in at eight seven, nine one. What is it? <laughs> Something it's up in that there. Range. Yeah. One of those. <laughs> Something in that range. So for the people that haven't seen yet, we've got a whole cast of characters over here that we're going to be cycling in and out. Um, before we get Doug out of here, I'm sure he's got better stuff than to talk to us jabronis to be doing around here. Your first craft beer experience. My first craft beer experience. Uh, I was going to college at Virginia Tech, and I just wandered into this specialty shop that uh, sells you know, beer and wine, and they happen to have uh, a tasting every Friday uh, of just four different beers just randomly selected off their shelves. And, you know, I didn't necessarily like everyone, but... Sh- you don't have to like everyone. You just have to find it interesting. That puts the bug in your head, that beer. There's something else about beer sure. that I don't know about that I want to explore. Yep. And for me, it was uh, just a, a Lambic, just a oh, straight yeah. Lambic. And it was the strangest thing I've ever tasted. And like I said, I didn't necessarily like it. And now, now you know, one of my favorite styles. Oh, for sure. But of course. You know, at the time, there was just something different, and I wanted to explore, like, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, this, this beer that does not taste like beer. I don't remember any places around here having Lambic tastings. No. I don't think we've had that. <laughs> I, I what's can't, up with that? I don't know no, if anybody's ever Monk's said Cafe, that. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's like, oh, you know, um, it was, uh, you know, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or um, Yingling or whatever was kind of like their gateway into craft beer, something that's different than you know those those macros but i don't think anybody's ever gone straight lambic for their like first intro that's yeah you had foo yeah right <laughs> that's my first yeah it's a 600 hour canteen right, bottle, bottle. <laughs> yeah. very cool no but that's something i stressed uh uh some of our front of house staff uh about you know giving people tasters of beer like just let them taste it and yeah. sometimes they think like, well, what if they don't like it? Like, this is a really aggressive tasting IPA. A lot of people might be intimidated about it. I'm like, let them try it. They don't have to like it. Yeah, it right. might open up their eyes anyway. It happens. It happens. Some, sometimes you'll just, you know, blow their mind with how amazing it tastes too. Yeah, that, uh, that's exactly how it happened to me. So I really feel that like just, you know, I think a little bit of education, letting people try things, it'll, it'll happen. That's very, very cool. We, we're already... We're already 25 minutes in. So if there's anybody else that, that wants to hop on that you guys want to make sure makes it on here, I definitely want to um, 
make sure we talk to people and um, and keep keep the beers coming. So I don't know, Seth, if there's somebody else you think. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll rotate out. We'll, okay, uh, we'll utility game this. Yeah, do me a favor. Tilt your mic back towards the or tilt it towards. Um, you want to have that that flat front there of it. There you go. There we go. That'll just end up sounding a little bit better, better. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, what else was I going to ask you guys about? What about? Tell me about this barrel program here. We've got a bunch of dad hat barrels sitting over here. Because um, dad hat's a, a PA um, distillery, right? Yeah. So tell me about that. Like, what's going on in there? Is that all the same beer? Do you guys have a few styles going on? Uh, well, I may have uh, touched on it earlier when I mentioned that we opened in 96 and our 25th anniversary is coming up. Yeah. Uh, we brewed a beer called Big Pig, uh, which if you're familiar with Iron Hill, Pig Iron Porter, Porter is yeah. sort of our legacy beer. It's the only beer that's been on tap since the day one that we opened. Oh, wow. Uh, so we brewed a stronger version of it. Like, what better way to celebrate our 25th anniversary? Nice. And Hey, guys. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I'll save you there, Seth. Why, why not put it in Dad's uh, barrels? Yeah, so, right. You know, perfect so, complement to this. So we'll some have some of it straight, but yeah. Uh, Did you know, say it's a bigger version? Did you go with like a bigger ABV, or is it the bigger the traditional? ABV, bigger yeah. everything? I nice. mean, it's uh, uh, we literally took the same base recipe nice. and uh, just bumped it, bumped everything up a little bit. Yeah, that's exciting. So how long has that been there? Uh, that's been in there for. Uh, the first batch we put in a couple months ago. Okay. And these actually right here, we're about to fill. We'll probably fill those tomorrow. Okay. Oh, nice. So they're, they're empty right now. But yeah. But we're, we're getting there. Nice. A barrel project in the works. Very exciting stuff. Wish we had a camera person that could spin around. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, join our Patreon so we can hire a, uh, an intern. <laughs> an intern. <laughs> that can move the camera around for us. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's gonna switch out. If it's gonna, we're gonna be. bring in Justin. Yeah, all right. Justin is Doug out or is Doug staying? I don't know. Am I staying? We can do whatever you guys want. Yeah, if you can, because we can swivel that mic <laughs> around. If you just want to step in there or take a people. seat. Yeah, we'll just keep <laughs> adding people. Yeah. It's like the, like the Royal Rumble <laughs> right, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes That's Hacksaw Jim Duggins. All right, so uh, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. What's your name? Justin. Justin, get a little closer to the mic w when you're on it, but uh, we, we can tilt it around. Justin, what do you do here? Uh, I guess I'm in charge of the packing line, okay. catching lids, pretty much. So that exciting piece of equipment behind you is uh, is your baby? That's, that, that's what baby. you get to work on? Yep, take care of it, clean it every day, I use it, you know. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the machinery there, but from what it looks like, what I think is a little bit unique or next level, I'll say, is I looks like you can put your can pallets of cans in that cage and it feeds for you yeah so that's like that's pretty deep that's pretty sweet yeah i've worked on lines a line before and we manually just picked up like an armful of cans and you just like try not to dent them, them too down much a table i slow sure. some legs this thing is just like stand there and watch it go yeah for that's the most part that's very <laughs> cool and uh it looks like a, a roller coaster it's got a so that's our twist rinse yeah. yeah so is that rinsing it and then probably rinse the inside the can kind of get any dust you know particles out sure give it a quick clean before it heads to the the actual wild goose fill heads yeah what comes next co2 uh, so, yep, we'll get a purge. Yep. So, we got a five-head uh, station. So, you get uh, five cans getting purged and then five yeah. cans getting filled. Nice. And then it'll head right to the seamer. Yeah. And it has a quick little 
rinse and dry at the end of that before it hits the actual long conveyor. Gotcha. And then we have a rinse tunnel with a dry tunnel right after, which are the big stainless steel cages. Yeah. And then right after that, we have our date coder. So we nice. got, I get to have fun with that. That's my, that's my daily joy when I get to put a little message underneath the can. I was going to ask. So you if you look underneath them, I'm like, that's what I'm me, tr- me trying to be witty or <laughs> fanciful or something like that. I like that you, uh, you plug the wild goose filling. Do you work? Like, do you get a <laughs> no. kickback from them? We're, we're hoping. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right? yeah, maybe, right? <laughs> oh, that's crazy. I, I'm, I'm just going to guess that that um, contraption there probably is like worth more than my house. Maybe twice, twice as much. And probably, probably about the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's really, really <laughs> cool. So, I mean, what goes into um, like like a production facility like this? Are you guys? How often are you guys running this thing? And, and how much are you guys cranking out? Easily three days a week. We're, yeah. we're going, and we're not even at like full steam yet. Like we're with with Pumpkin Oktoberfest, kind of getting into early cans for uh, the wholesale market. Sure. That's this is where we're running uh, 124 barrels and we got to do it over two days easily for each each of those man we've got three to four batches of each i can't believe it's almost already Oktoberfest season oh it, it is october <laughs> as, as of monday <laughs> it is Oktoberfest season yeah that's exciting i had the uh the dunkel um which was pretty good but what do, what do you have there this is Oktoberfest. this is okay, what is we're it? this is actually in the, the bright bars tank. and off the bright yeah you know, we filtered it and we're going to be starting packaging tomorrow nice today we're focused on cleaning some kegs and uh kegging off the rest of chewy and yeah uh you know making Exciting sure this was stuff. ready for canning which one's chewy is that up there no we don't have i don't think we have chewy on no for we do not IPA day. But that was one like of our the fresh one. canned okay canned i got gotcha. you yeah very cool. So, um, I mean, how many people does it take to run, like, to, to run, like, a can, a canning line or whatever? Like, when you're actually loading things up, does the machine do most of it and you get to work by yourself? Do you have a whole crew here? Like, what's it like? We can, if we're going at a slower pace, two people can pretty much handle it pretty well. If, yeah. And if everything goes well. Sure, yeah. Goes well is the key word because <laughs> when it doesn't go well, you need, like, four people on the line. Yeah. Just watching over problems that arise what happened to like uh do, does the like lines get clogged do like does the does something get jammed up in the line like what Sometimes kind of stuff happens like, you know when i'm standing filling filling cans i'm yeah. watching like eye hawking everything yeah so i'm watching the deep how crush cans come up they'll get stuck in the twist wrench sure okay i try and catch them yeah. before they come down sometimes the the deep the deep how if it's not lined up right it doesn't like sense the can so it like doesn't send cans and then you gotta watch after that um you gotta have cans that don't get seamed and so you gotta make sure you're catching them before they go through the rinser and dryer sure Uh, just a whole bunch of miscellaneous problems that just arise you can have the ring the we have the ringer here for making the four packs or six packs eight packs oh no way and that's what this crazy finger crunching contraption is right here yeah so that can get snags on it sure Man, Where, that's fascinating. Where's the short fill pile at? Is those those gone already? <laughs> we take those every end of day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come by tomorrow. Maybe we'll find yeah. some. <laughs> Dirty little secret in brewing is that it all comes down to sensors. So sure. that, that make sure your sensors are good and you'll be good. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, just all that machinery has got to be put in the right, the right pressure, the right amount of this and that. You know what I mean? Yeah. When, when it comes to the actual filling and everything, I'm, I'm constantly watching the, the pressure on the line and readjusting the head pressure on the tank. Yeah. Just to keep everything running smoothly. 
if you don't stay on it, you'll start getting low fills, um, and then you got to readjust and <laughs> make sure get everything back in line. How long it, have you been doing this? Uh, brewing in general? Yeah, like in the industry. I'm in like my ninth year. Yeah. Coming on ten pretty soon, I think. How how exciting is it when uh, you like work that hard and then you see somebody like post on Facebook or like you see like the can in the store? I mean, that's got to be like a, a cool feeling, right? Like knowing you put all that blood, sweat, and tears, whatever you want to call it, into the machinery and getting it out there, and then when you're walking through a store or something and and you see your product on the shelf or yeah, it's somebody's great. got it. I'm I mean, sure. I prefer to see people drinking, you know, like at the bar, yeah. enjoying it, but they're not always enjoying it out of the can at the bar, you know. But I, I was at my local grocery store, and, like, I happened to be by the craft section. I'm yeah. walking by. I was like, I lift up the can. I was like, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you walk past a guy in Giant, and you're like, hey, did you try that Iron Hill yet? Yeah. Did you get in there? <laughs> I do that one. I'm at Walmart with fans. Yeah. You got to get that Lasco fan, right? Yeah, right. Huh? <laughs> help, help me out, buddy. Huh? Get the good fan. The good yeah. fan. I wonder, like, um, I don't know. I was like, my brain just went off in a tangent. Like, how much would it cost to like, how, how cost effective could you get somebody to stay in the beer store to just tell people, hey, buy Iron Hill, buy Iron Hill. Like, could you, how much would sales increase? Would it pay for itself and some? Like a sign flipper? Yeah, right. People will work for free beer, I found. So yeah, I feel like true. there could be some sort of uh, yeah. <laughs> equilibrium there right. where uh, we're just giving away free beer the whole time. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, if, you, if you don't mind, let's uh, let's yep. do another beer here. We'll, uh, we'll do Neon Vibes. Okay. Which is uh, it's in New England uh, with passion fruit and guava. Okay. Uh, it is... Is this the special one for today? It is. It is. We put this out just for IPA Day. We actually have a pretty awesome 80s-themed video if you want to check us out on our Facebook page yeah. or our Instagram page that features many of folk that work here uh, on it. And it's if you know them, it's hilarious. If you don't know them, it's still hilarious. <laughs> uh, but Yeah, so we put this out for uh, National IPA Day as, as one of our uh, features. And it is a New England hazy with passion fruit and guava. So it's super fruit forward and no bitterness really at all. You get that, that hop taste up front, but then it's all fruit in the back. Yeah. It just comes it, right over the top of it. It's you. crazy how juicy it is. Like it's a like very fruit juice. It's like you're getting that um that guava and um What'd you say that was passion fruit, mango? Passion fruit yeah, yeah. Lava, yeah. It's crazy. Um, it's straight juice. And and I mean, I also just had a hot bomb, so maybe that changes the palate a little bit. But man, that's that's delicious. Uh, my wife uh, likes to use the term juice bomb, and I yeah. think this is the epitome of that. Oh my god! Um, yeah. It is. It's a super juicy, just straightforward New England IPA, and I yeah. think uh, I think we really nailed it with this beer. Um, it's on draft at at any of our locations for until it runs out because we didn't make too much of it but uh it's a pretty darn good beer and we're really happy with the way it came out yeah I, that's it's delicious i mean this is as good as any juicy ipa out there that's very exciting i actually had one they brought it out to me when uh when i sat down for each she like i don't know i wasn't really paying attention and she was like i'm bringing this bringing this and there's going to be like a, a dip with it and then i was like wait a second what did what, what is what's happening here but she, you know because of uh, King of the Hill Day, IPA Day, they you know were giving out these samples, 
and, and treated um, like a king. That's yeah, the point, right? Absolutely, royalty. Exactly. That's what it feels like. He was like trying to pay attention to his kids, and he was like, "What? I get a what? Huh? Yeah." So what's what's happening here? What is going on? <laughs> but yeah, this thing is um is delicious. That's very good. So I mean, I'd love to know more about what it was like. Is there anybody here that's brewed here for a really long time? That would like um yeah. Like, let me go. Let me go grab him. I'm kind of curious, like what um you know from a brewer's perspective, what it's like changing up styles and getting used to different styles of beer and. You know what I mean? Like if you're used to brewing that traditional stuff and then something else is getting popular and having to switch things up. To, yeah. And like yeah. learning like something new, like something's catching steam and now I have to learn like a new technique maybe or, or something like that. I'd really be curious to know what that's like. Um, I mean, I've been doing it for nine years and the market's changed since I got in. You know, Can you talk about just, where you've been? Uh, so I, I what, your, what your history is? I went to UC Davis for their brewing program and came back and started at Dock Street, out in, okay, you know, West Philly. Yeah. So I, I got my my hands-on experience there. Yeah. And uh, moved on to a startup mm-hmm. for like four years. Yeah. And then left there to come here. Yeah. Uh, nice. Since since I got in the industry, I, I grew up with like Iron Hill. I feel in my mind. I've always heard about how great it is being a brewer there, and they always seem like the yeah. best bunch of people. So I, I applied multiple times through my nine years, and then finally like got a job here and was head brewing in Westchester for two years. Yeah. So the one change, the only change I've seen, and it's crazy to see it, is a change in our signature beer. So we went from uh, Wit and Whitberry to Homestead and Brambleberry. Right. But like it, it was unique to me to see that change happen and even from Orhouse to philly favorite so that's like a changing just in the two years of me being here sure going from something i'm learning to do and then like ah, we're gonna change our signatures up which yeah is a big thing to do for, for a company sure. uh but to go with what's what's moving yeah you know, what's, what's, what's popular. popular yeah awesome what's your name there uh, my name is Matt Gundrum. I'm a senior hey, head brewer in Westchester. Nice. Nice to meet you. So you've been brewing with Iron Hill for how long? Uh, since 2007, actually. Okay. Uh, I took a little hiatus in the early uh, 20-teens. Yeah. I uh, worked for Port Jeff Brewing Company for a couple of years and then came back to Iron Hill. Nice. Uh, when I moved back to Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're sipping on this um, this hazy IPA. What was it called? Neon? Uh, the neon vibes. Yeah, neon vibes, right? So I'm thinking to myself that Iron Hill is one of those breweries that's just been around forever in our area, right? It's like an OG to us. But um, somebody that's brewed here for a long time, when you start out with those traditional styles and you're watching the market change and you're seeing new beers come out, what's that process like to, you know, you're are you trying to learn new techniques to try to figure out how am I going to brew this style that I've maybe never brewed before or knew about it, but it wasn't popular yet. So like from a brewer's perspective, um, what's it like um, adapting to what's popular and, and then trying to get a good product out there of a completely new style? Well, I mean, the first step we take is to make sure that it's actually popular. That's not just a, re- a quick fad or something like that. Yeah. We were actually one of the, the last ones to the game with the hazy uh, IPAs. Sure. We weren't sure if they were going to stick around, right? We saw these out here. We saw, you know, people talking about them. We thought it might go the way of the black IPA. Right? Yeah, right. Around sure. for a year, maybe two, and then, you know, not be so popular anymore. Yeah. So we kind of held back a little bit. And in that time, we actually did a lot of research with them, right? So 
Um, you know, you see a lot of the, the hazy IPAs out in the market. They're, they're chunky. There's a lot of, you know, yeast and stuff in them. Ours yeah. isn't that, it's not a yeasty haze with our sure. hazy IPAs. We really, you know, we targeted like a nice, you know, protein haze with it. A lasting haze that doesn't dissipate over time. Um, you know, a beer that is best when fresh, but also has some shelf stability to it. Yeah, that's um, an interesting take on it because I feel like a lot of people are just, let's dump everything we can into there. We're going to try to make this like, you know, juice bomb, whatever it is. And I thought we just threw flour in there. I thought that was yeah, the goal, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Is that what we do? Actually, that's what was happening. Oh, oh yeah, I know. Don't forget rolled oats. <laughs> but yeah, and then the thing literally, um, you know, can't sit for more than 30 days. Yeah. So that's an you know that it's interesting to hear somebody have that take on it where everybody's like it's it it's this is what it is but drink it keep it cold drink it super fresh or it's you know a completely different beer or you know changes so that's a, a really cool take on it that you guys are able to make a beer on this level that's this good but you're also taking that approach to shelf stability and, and things like that. Yeah, we really don't like small batch brew before we release something to the public. So basically any batch of beer we brew is being served in our brew pubs. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, we wanted to make sure we were going to do it right before we even started to do it. It's crazy to think about that you don't have to do that because I would, I would imagine so many brewers. Um, I mean, I'm sure that, that people can try out a beer and then it tastes good and they just serve it. But um, you guys have been doing it for so long. you got to have these systems in place and with your ingredients and everything like that, that you can come up with a recipe and, and pretty much know what you're going to get out of it before it actually comes out of a tap anywhere. Yeah, yeah, we can. Um, you know, and the other thing when we're designing these beers and thinking about what we're going to put out in the public is we do have a reputation to protect. And, you sure. know, Iron Hill's been around 25 years, and we're, we're going to put out the best beers that we possibly can every time. Sure. So before we even brew a beer, it's, it's a pretty meticulous process that we go through. Uh, and we know what we're going to get. It's all about the intent. We're not going to put out... You know, a beer that we intended to be bright right. isn't going to be hazy when we when we release it. So yeah, um, and you know, when when the hazy beer started, we we went with that intent of what we wanted to put out and made sure that we were going to get it right when we started doing it. Yeah, very cool. Matt and I have also now been tasked with an R and D program, so <laughs> we're going <laughs> yeah. to be moving forward with that. But I, I think that speaks to the level at which we care about quality. Like we, you know, if a beer doesn't pass snuff we don't put it out like you know we're not afraid to dump beer if it's not what we want sure and i think that that kind of separates us from a lot of other breweries out there um one thing in this facility we have is a fantastic lab like it rivals my high school lab it, it's oh, wow. it's it's great and we have that to our availability to use and test and look at our you know our our cell counts and and look at how our, a viability of our yeast and be able to really put our best for it forward when we actually do brew a beer um but again like we're not you know if, if a beer is not good we're not we're not afraid to admit that it's not good and and you're not going to win 100 percent of the time you know you're going to have some misses and that's if as a brewery we're able to accept that and move on from that and say okay this one didn't work but what do we what's next sure. what's next speaking of winning i always see iron hill winning at gabf a couple of the other different uh, beer festivals out there. Um, how do you guys win all the time? Like, uh, and I know there's a couple beers that that, that people really love. Um, the Russian um, Imperial Stout being one of them. Um, give us uh, your thoughts on just those beer festivals. What's the approach going out to those things? Is it? 
I'm going to put one in every category? Is it we're going to put our best stuff forward? What do you what do you think about that? So from you know from being here for a little while uh, and seeing the way that this process works, before we ever send a beer to GABF, all of our brewers panel our beers against each other, and you know sometimes we talk about how there's there's four beers on this table that we feel could really have a chance at winning, but yeah. we're only going to send one from each style. And, you know, we don't send a million beers out, right? This year, I believe we're sending 19 total, but that's across, you know, we're brewing in 14 or 15 facilities right now. So, you know, everybody's getting one, maybe two beers to send out to GABF. Um, you know, and to have a streak for 22 years where we won a medal at GABF is, is huge. I don't think anybody's Holy crap. done that before. Yeah, really? Uh, the streak, unfortunately, did end a couple of years ago, but we're... we're we're hoping we can get it going again. Yeah. Man, that's just incredible, the sustainability of this brewery that, like, you've been around as long as you have. You've expanded and grown like you have, won the awards that you have, and it just keeps going. That's incredible. Um, yeah. we. It was two weeks ago we did the tasting? Yeah. 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 So we had all of our, our lead brewers uh, here in Exton with all of their entries that we were going to judge to send to GABF. So there were... That sounds like a terrible time. Right? Well, it, it did start at 7.30 a.m. So yeah, it was a little like early for some day. people. But uh, we did... Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but we had everyone here, and we went through it style by style, beer by beer, and decided as a group, as a company, what were our best beers to send. Like we don't do it arbitrarily. We sure. have a scientific process to it. We want to make sure we are sending not just our best beers out into the market, but our best beers to the competitions because we feel that's our best chance to show who we are as a brewery and to highlight what we know we can do and we want other people to know we can do. Yeah. So it was a, it was a long morning, but uh, we, <laughs> we, we finally settled on the beers we're going to send yeah. out there, and, and, and they're out there, and they're ready to be judged, and, and we are, as a company, confident that we sent our best beers out there. Yeah, that's um, exciting. I don't think a whole lot of other breweries have that option. Like, they don't have that many breweries. They don't have yeah. that many brewers, and we do, and we take full advantage of that. Like, we have playgrounds, and we like to use them. <laughs> <laughs> which style? Which style is going to win? What are you most excited? What do you th- if you had to put money right now on one of your styles winning, which one is it? If I had to put five hundred bucks on it, I'd say the milk stout this yeah. year. Uh, our oh, milk yeah? stout was banging this year, and I'm I'm really happy we we put it out there. Um, I will also say our Vienna was really good this year, and I'm I'm very interested to see what happens with our Vienna. Interesting. Um, I'll have to go on uh, DraftKings and pick up a couple of. Uh, Iron Hill tickets. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's on DraftKings. Is that right? a thing? Can you do that? Huh? Yeah. No. Can, can we bet on these things? Like, if we can bet on uh, Is that insider trading trademark? My part? Trademark. Like, That's yeah, my idea. Um, uh, speaking gonna, of that, we, we will. We are, we're having an event on the 5th of September, which is the day that they announce the winners. A month from today. Yeah, we're live streaming it here in Exton. Nice. So if anybody wants to come out and hang out with us. Oh, and that's like, fun. We'll have most of the brewers here. I'll be here. Our, you know, The owners will be here. We'll, we'll, we're going to do something big up for it to, yeah. uh, to watch to see, what, to see what we win this year. We're that's pretty pumped a, about it. That's all very beer. exciting. That's cool. All beer, all the time. I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't even know it was like televised or recorded. Yeah. Well, this year, because of COVID, it's no in-person. Ah, so uh, they, yeah. are, they are broadcasting everything. So I'm hoping you'll have examples of 
all your styles. Yep. And then I think okay, we'll have milk stout warm. Everything out. Yep. Yep. Throw yep. cans of milk stout out. Like. <laughs> and normally, when the you know when this festival happens, the Great American Beer Festival, we go out to Denver with about eighty to ninety people strong. Oh geez. Uh, you know, it's amazing as a brewer to see how many people within our organization support us and want to be part of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's something to be said when you're out there and, and you get called, right? And you get to go up there and, oh, and, my and goodness. win that medal. Yeah. There's nothing like it. You know, especially, you know, at Iron Hill, we only enter two beer competitions. It's Great American Beer Festival and World Beer Cup, and that's it. We don't do any of the smaller competitions whatsoever. Wow. That's wild. That's, uh, it's just, it's, I can't imagine, like, all of those breweries coming together and, um, you know, like, all of your different locations. Like, that's just got to be such a, a roster of beers to try and a probably pretty tough decision picking out the favorites. Yeah, it was... It was my first time doing it, and yeah. uh, it was definitely a little nerve-wracking throughout it because, of course, I was sitting next to Matt for most of it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it was still, you know, th- there wasn't a bad beer on the table. There wasn't a beer on the table that I wouldn't drink happily and and shine about it. Yeah. But that's not what we were looking for. We were looking for the best example of that style that we can brew. And so it, it, it did get a little a little tauntry there. Where yeah, we're, right. Hey, this, is, this is it. Like, and, sure. And, but... But we all came together as a team, and it, and it really worked out. And it was actually a fun day. Like we had a we had a really good time doing it for the most part. And it, it was it really brought us together, especially through COVID. And like now we have to be able to push this out again. And like we're, we were really happy with everything we sent. Yeah. And I'd have to imagine when you're doing something like that, sometimes your favorite beer that you might like the best, you're not voting for it. Right. That's you're trying right. to pick the beer that fits the style yep. guidelines the best. Yep. We do read the style, gui- the style guidelines before we pick any beer, and so we all know what we're looking for, and that does become a little bit of a topic of conversation is, is, yeah, this might be my favorite, but does it fit the style guidelines? Yeah, that's um, an interesting take so. on it. And my favorite part about it is, you know, and I've been privy to this myself a couple times, is when you absolutely trash a beer on the table. And then come to find out it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we do everything blind, obviously. We yeah, do sure. it the right way, scientific yeah. methodology. But, it, yeah, it, there were people out there that were trashing beers that was theirs. And it's like, okay, well, that, that, I think that's what separates us out is that we're willing yeah. to do that. Sure. So. Wow. That's, that's wild. I definitely uh, brewed some trash lately. so I, 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 I haven't asked you how the uh, beer maker was going. Yeah, I... Um, so at a recent treehouse visit, I had a, like a peach alter ego and I was like, oh, my God, like this beer on peach puree is like incredible. So like I tried to replicate it, like looking up, um, you know, like clone recipes and then, you know, adding the peach puree to it. And by the time I like um, poured my first beer out of the keg, it was just like dark brown. Like, I don't know how, <laughs> but I don't I don't know what what got in the way. Um, I'm guessing oxygen, but it uh. You know, say you're right on that one, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, it, it just didn't taste good and whatever. What? I've got a Mexican lager now that I'm going to um, keg up on Monday. When in doubt, blame oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Not wrong. So we're working on um, about 10 minutes left. I'd like to get anybody else that we can on. And I would love to uh, to get a sip of the Oktoberfest. I'd love to try the Mars and see where it's at. I, I mean, people are, are yeah. I don't know, I don't want to be a pain, but... All right, so we've got somebody else. Thanks, brother. Appreciate Thank you. you. Cheers. Cheers. Good luck tomorrow morning. Thanks.
So just, just I want to point out that if anyone is an early riser, uh, Matt, who was just on, will be on PHL 17 tomorrow morning discussing our IPA day and food pairings. Oh, very cool. Which is why he has a mullet haircut right now. That's amazing. <laughs> what's the, what's the what channel? PHL. PHL 17. Yeah, they follow us. They follow you. We get the you. exclusive first. Is that going to make it to PHL. you? PHL. You don't have to use it if you don't, don't want to. But that's, glass, your, glass yeah. <laughs> that's my only concern. I don't have to. That's Can you hear me okay? Yeah. All right, perfect. So introduce yourself. What's your name? Hi, my name is Avery Hookie. Hey, Avery. Hi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Um, I know you've been you've been here all night, hanging out in the background. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, tell me what you do here. So I'm one of the brewers here. Yeah. Um, top to bottom, I make the beer, work the cellar, packaging, everything. So uh, basically work with Doug and Justin and the people we've just hired to make our beer and nice. make it happen. And I've been with the company since 2018. Okay. So before that, tell me about your craft beer experience. Cause we always like to ask new people when they come on the show, mm-hmm. what's your first like craft beer memory where you like maybe what that first beer was that got you excited about craft beer. Yeah. And then how did you get into brewing and eventually in a, you know, brewing in a facility like this? Yeah. So, um, I went to college out in Lancaster. Uh, I went mm-hmm. to F and M and, uh, I, my first, so I went to the Iron Hill there and that was one of my first craft beer experiences. And another experience I had there was going to Springhouse back when they were just operating out of a barn. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is the coolest thing. And I went up inside the barn and met the brewer and had some tasters and filled some growlers. And like that was my, one of my segues into craft beer, that and the Iron Hill in Lancaster. Sure. That was about 10 years ago or yeah. so. Um, nice. And then, you know, I went into the corporate world. I worked as an editor uh-huh. uh, at a publishing company for a little while. Um, didn't really care for working at a desk, but my passion sure. for beer was growing on the side. Yeah. So I uh, actually started working at Tired Hands on the weekends uh-huh. uh, back in 2015 yep. when Fermenteria opened. Um, and I decided to quit my day job and just go full fully into the craft beer scene yeah and uh i started as a server with iron hill in 2016 and i did a couple brew days and i yeah my first brew day i was like this is it for me yeah this is it um and so i i wanted to learn everything that i could possibly learn about brewing. Sure. So I stayed with Iron Hill for a little bit, and then I actually went to Conshohocken Brewing Company for my first job as a brewer. Yeah. And then I came back to Iron Hill. Nice. And I've been here. Yeah, I've been here since 2018. Very cool. Brewing, so. Very cool. So um, what do you think are your favorite things about being a brewer? Ooh, that's a really <laughs> fun question. <laughs> I mean, that could go any way, but. That's a fun question. Um, Definitely the cleaning. Well, well, a lot of it is cleaning. <laughs> so, I, mean, I yeah. think most people know, at least the people that watch our show, that, um, you know, the, the I don't know if you want to call it a joke or whatever, the reality even right. of being a brewer is like 95% cleaning and sanitizing. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it only takes 20 minutes to, to mash in, but the rest of the time is, is waiting and cleaning and things like that. So, right. um, um, you know, so, so, you know, yeah. What, what do you think is like... Um, why do you think you love it as much as you do? So I think every single thing that we do, including the cleaning, um, is incorporated to the process of making a really exceptional beer. So when I'm, you know, cleaning a fermenter, sanitizing it, getting it ready for the 
pour it to go into and we'll pitch yeast into it. It has to be super clean for that beer to be the best beer that it's going to be. Yeah. So that's, I mean, you know, I love mashing in. I love the smells. I love that moment. You know, oh, I'm alone yeah. in the morning, just having like a peaceful time. <laughs> and it's super, you know, relaxing and like spiritual and it's great. And then, you know, we're, then, you know, everyone else comes in and we're a production facility. So we're grinding, we're moving really fast all day. And I love that pace. Too. Sure. You know, and I've done a couple of recipes here, which I'm super thankful that I've done. And like, you know, I love grain to glass, whether it's my recipe or not, grain to can to glass, like, I love the, being being at Iron Hill. You get to you know go through the whole process and do absolutely everything, which is yeah. so fantastic. But I mean, you know, some people think, oh, it's so mundane what you have to do day to day, and it's really not because if you really want to make exceptional beer, every single part of the job is equally important. Sure. Do you remember a moment where like, I think it's only I don't, I don't even know if it's really happened for me yet, but brewing a beer. And then drinking it and being like, holy crap, that's amazing. And I made it. Yeah. Um, I would say probably my first recipe, which yeah. was um, a West Coast IPA that we did back in 2019 out in Ardmore, which yeah. was my store before I came to Exton. Sure. Uh, I called it Thirsty Boots. It's a John Denver song that Bob Dylan covered. Nice. And Doug, my boss, was like, well, you know, you can, you know write this recipe it has to be a west coast you can name it come up with it whatever you want Very and exciting. i've just been listening to that song and yeah it was so exciting we brewed the beer <laughs> you know i you know cellared it did everything and then got to share it with everyone and have a pint of it myself and i just thought this is this is like the most cool this is the most rewarding thing incredible yeah like you know almost instant satisfaction i mean that's that's really yeah. really exciting I, I i don't know i can't imagine i think it's like um I would compare it to maybe like a musician that writes a song and plays it and like, you know, people, you know, standing ovation or something like that. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> got to be like in the same, <laughs> in, the, in the same thing, right? That's a really great analogy. I love music as well. Yeah. And yeah. It's just, you know, making something creatively, you know, really trying to hone your craft and then being able to take pleasure and joy and sharing it with other people is one of the things that I love the most about the That's job. That's amazing. For sure. What can you tell us about what we're uh, drinking on here? Are you drinking the same thing we are? What are you guys drinking? Oktoberfest, yes. So even though it is National IPA Day and we are very much in full force with IPAs today, we are also (laughs) being a little sacrilegious and pulling um, our Oktoberfest, which is hyper fresh out of our bright tank. And um, we are really excited to have this in cans. We're actually submitting this to Great American Beer Festival this fall, which we're super excited about. Um, It's very traditionally German. It's malty. It has a hint of sweetness. Um, Really like your ideal fall German beer. So I I love it even in August, honestly. My my friend Fish over in Jersey, he's a big fan of these types of beers, and he's going to love this one. I love the way the sweetness is there, and then it just kind of tapers off and just leaves you with that. Oh, I gotta have another sip of that. It makes you want to go back to it. So my un, un, uneducated mind, I I'm, I said Mars in like three times. Am I in the right ballpark? Is that yeah, what the style it's, is? It's, uh, I mean, most Oktoberfests we drink in America are Marzens. Um, okay. It, obviously, we're not brewing them in March and then cellaring them until it's time to produce them. But it's you don't have that kind of cellar space available. Hey. <laughs> if we did, I would love to dig a cave somewhere and be able to have that. We just don't. Um, but. It, it is the same type of recipe, um, and it's what most American breweries are putting out as their, as their Oktoberfest is a Marzen, and that includes all the big boys as well. It's a, it's a Marzen style um, with the malt and the hot base and, and everything else we do with it. 
So I know that you have like an ultra sensitive palate. So I'm going to ask you the hard question. Like you taste everybody's uh, Oktoberfests and lagers and tell them when it's ready. What do you think? Is it, is it, is this thing uh, ready to go? Yeah, this is, we're, we are at, at terminal velocity on these. These are fantastic beers. Um, I will put, and I have had the privilege, and I will say privilege, of working for two breweries that make absolutely fantastic Marzins yeah. um, before I arrived at Iron Hill. And I will put our Marzin up against any of them. Yeah. Um, I, and, I, and I am not one to be a homer on beer. If I think a beer is not good, I'll tell you it's not good. I love our Marzin. I think we hit exactly the stylistic design on it. And I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to still somehow in my career be a part of a brewery that puts out a good Marzin. Like, right. I'm, I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. When will this be available to the uh, general public? It is available today nice. to the general public. It launched on Monday. Is it, um, in, is it in the Voorhees location? It is in the... No, so we will not put it in our locations until the 1st of September. We give the general public a month to get it into uh, the market, and then okay. we'll put it on tap, and we'll, we'll do it as well. We have to kind of um, bend to... Uh, I don't want to call it societal norms, but I will. Societal norms on when we put our beer out. And yep. if you have a Marzen or a pumpkin, it needs to be out by August 1. Um, sure. So we have all of ours out by August 1. So this is in distributors now? It is. It is in distributors. Um, it is not in Jersey yet. It will be in Jersey in a week. Tell, uh, tell Fish. He's, he's asking. It will be there in a week. I promise you. I'll send tell you where <laughs> it is. We have a beer finder online. You can type in your zip code, and it'll tell you where the beer is. So as soon as Hunter, Nin, who is our distributor in Jersey, puts it out into the market, you'll be good to go. I go. Uh, my buddy Fish and I have been playing fantasy football together for 20 years. I think this is our 20th anniversary. And he is a, a huge Mars and Oktoberfest fan. As am I. He, I, he will I be them. drinking them at his draft. For his league that he has still yet to win. <laughs> wow. I, 20 wow. years, and he hasn't won his own league. That's like Minnesota Twins stuff right there. I feel like it's only been um, like two years that I've actually found, like actually got into Oktoberfest beers. Like they're obviously out since forever. Like, I don't know. What did we say? Did, were you on that episode or do you contributed to that? I episode? was on that episode. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what was that? Um, I don't know. I forget what we said, like how long the it, style has been. It's not been, been long existed. in America. We haven't, we, we really haven't done Marzins. I, I, I think uh, Sam and, and Sierra were in yeah. Great Lakes were the, were the first big boys to really tackle the brand. And yeah. they're still kind of the stalwarts with it. Um, Victory as well, uh, but they, yeah, we we don't we don't play to it as much as we probably should. Yeah, um, it's it's a fantastic style of beer, especially if you're a lager pills guy. Like it is, uh, you just can't beat the 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 sweetness with the malt and then a little bit of hop bite on the end from the noble hops. Like it's just a mm. perfect beer in my opinion. Yeah, like, I I would drink Marzins year round if they were available. Yeah, I me really too. Would. Me too. I stocked up on them because I just. I don't know. Once I found out about them and, and got into them, you know, whatever, how long ago that was, um, it's such a good style. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And I want to I brag on Avery a little bit. Um, Avery is uh, also at U Sciences I right am. now. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't know, U Sciences has a uh, fermentation science brewing program. And Avery is in school there right now learning even more than she already knows. <laughs> and I think that's just something that we should applaud that. You know, our brewers aren't ever satisfied to what they know. They're they're always looking to learn more, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Just to keep keep the uh, the education going, 
Um, is, is that the school that had anything to do with the Philly yeast? Yeah, so the Philly sour yeast was discovered yeah. there, actually. Um, my professor and one of his students uh, discovered it, and they patented it, and it is out uh, in the market. That's now. awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, I, can't, I want to try brewing with that so bad. Uh, I know one cidery has does it, uh, the Dresslers. Yeah. I think you guys both know. Yeah. Uh, they are using it in one of their ciders right now, nice. which is super cool. Yeah. That just kind of shows you that it can go between beer and right. cider pretty easily. Well, the cool thing about the yeast is it produces lactic acid naturally, which you don't normally get from a brewing yeast. So the fact yeah. that they found this yeast in West Philly and it actually produces lactic acid through fermentation just as a function of the yeast is really unique. That's incredible. I don't know. I just, I'm just i blown away. Something funky had to come out of West Philly. <laughs> Science. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know. Sometimes it's like, for me, I do like such the basic brewing approach where it's like, you know, measured ingredients, dump it, walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't understand the, the proteins, the, you know, all the junk that's going on in there scientifically. I, I don't get it, but it's amazing that, that you guys put so much attention into that and and understand it because I think I think in the long run I mean that's what makes good beer understanding it I heard you sciences so I had to like come over yeah here. so I'm I was actually when they developed that program I was yeah. working at Dock Street at the time yeah in West Philly yep where the school is yeah so I joined with Matt Farber who's the uh, you know program initi- initiative you know the guy who started it all sure uh, and became on the board so I'm a nice. board member for you sciences nice and I teach the electrical engineering course for them once okay. a year. So I'm part of the whole program. Nice. Avery's in. So it's a nice whole. Yeah, full around. circle. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you guys carpool? <laughs> <laughs> actually, the last last year, because it was COVID, I, yeah, actually, yeah. I gave the class here. Because I did, nice. I did yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, over Zoom. Yep. So I was in the brewery. We weren't nice. fully done. I was like giving the class oh, that's you cool. know, uh, a little tour over Zoom after. Um, doing my whole teaching lesson yeah so i mean um is there anybody else that you want to make sure definitely gets on or do you want to uh yeah Yeah, go for it okay um so i actually received a scholarship to go to u sciences okay pink boots and through yingling yeah Uh, the women women in brewing scholarship i received in 2019 oh nice and i'm actually taking the engineering course in the spring so justin will be one of my instructors <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> so just to bring it full circle for that, that won't be and i just wanted all. to give a quick shout out to pink boots uh, which is the organization for women in the women in the fermentation industry um and for yingling for the scholarship yeah we, basically pink boots provides a lot of educational opportunities okay uh, a lot of scholarships and we're also uh you know an organization for women to connect in the industry um, and we at Iron Hill hosted a brew day back in the spring for a Saison recipe that Whitney and I wrote. Whitney is our brewer down in Atlanta. Um, nice. and we hosted some women up here too, and she hosted people down there as well. And, um, we made the same recipe, um, you know, a few miles apart, but a proceed went to Pink Boots and I just wanted to give them a quick shout out because Absolutely. Pink Boots and Yingling are why I'm able to be in this program. So I just wanted to say a quick thanks. Oh, that's amazing. We're going to have to come back and find you at a later date here because we've always wanted to do something with the Pink Boots, okay. but we just feel like we seem like idiots like the two bearded white guys trying to have, you know, you know what I mean? I don't want to sound like, you know, (laughs) but I I do want to do something to, to, to get that cause out there because it's a great cause. Awesome. Yeah. We would, I'm anything you want to do. I'm 
ready to collab or awesome yeah let me know yeah it's really exciting when you see all of the um like i think for a while there there was a lot of pink boots collabs going on and people were brewing um you know the pink boots beers but um but yeah i mean i don't know that's that's really exciting that you know that organization along with yingling coming together to do that is really cool and uh i don't know i'm excited for for what's next with you guys yeah yeah, I think we're also excited. Um, you know, we haven't been in distribution for more than seven months at this point, and so that's a, you know, yeah, that's amazing. I, I, I when I, I've only been here for three months, but when when I came on, it was it was evident to me that all the pieces are in place for us to distribute well and to become a big player in the craft beer industry more than we are with our brew pubs. And I'm super happy about that. And I, I have the best brewing team here. I have the best brewing team at every location we have. Um, and it's very, it's very exciting for me to work with all of them, to develop new recipes, to develop new beer, and to really put our best foot forward in, in, in retail. And now that we're launching Draft, I'm, I'm really excited for what the future holds. And I think, I think we have the sky as the limit, uh, not to cliche it. But I really think we have we have a lot of room to grow, and I'm really happy about that. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting um, way to look at it because you know obviously there's a lot of breweries in the market now, but you guys have been around so long and never taken that approach. So I mean that's that's really exciting that you can, you know, eventually start seeing those beers out at your favorite places. Yeah, I, I, for me, it's yeah we've always been a great pub craft beer restaurant, and, and with that pub model. Um, and so one thing that, that I've been working with our, our awesome marketing team with is that how do we separate the production brewery from the restaurants, but at the same time, keep the name brand. So, sure. you know, we want to let people know that if you want our beer and you like our beer, you can pick it up at Wegmans, you can pick it up at Giant, you can pick it up at Waywood Beverage, you can pick it up at Exxon, you can pick it up at, at Goshen, you can pick it up at Beer Mill, you can pick it up, you know, anywhere craft beer is sold, we're yeah. there. And, and we want more people to be able to try our beer and enjoy our beer and like our beer. So it's been a little bit of a, a, a move forward for us on, on that level. Sure, I but, believe it. But you know, we have great we have great distribution partners with yep. with Penn, NKS, Willsbach, and and now Hunterton. And so, you know, I, I really do look at it as the sky's the limit. Like yeah. we can really push our beer out there and and let people know that we're moving in the right direction, and we want you to be able to try our beer outside of our four walls. Yeah, that's awesome. Can you pass another beer down? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do uh, let's do you Philly. Wanna, right. Philly. Philly. You want to do Philly, Philly? Philly, Philly. You want Philly, Philly? So we can't call it that anymore. We, uh, yeah. we had an issue with that. Um, so this is Philly favorite. This is our flagship hazy IPA. It's available pretty much everywhere. Um, I believe Justin had a hand in creating this, so I'll defer to him on on the the recipe. <laughs> I wear a candy line. <laughs> <laughs> you do way more than that. I, I've definitely How had this. Uh, I've definitely had this beer before, and it it is a football beer. Mm-hmm. Like it's not super mm. heavy. It's not going to weigh you down. I can have a couple of them as I'm cursing at whatever I'm cursing at during the football game, and and, and still enjoy myself. I believe that's Jalen Hurts. <laughs> it, it, it probably will be. You know, it's funny because this beer was uh, introduced as sort of a 
a seasonal beer. You know, kind of we, we did it as football season came around. And then, like I was talking earlier, when it came to changing up signature beers, this got thrown in the mix because this was just going way better for us than Orhouse. And Orhouse being a traditional IPA, like, right. we are like, we got to make the change. Like, yeah. why not? Like, if Philly's going to keep pushing like it is for us, so we started to switch over. and Yeah. It, it's hard because you have some hardcore fans of Orhouse IPA. And, yeah. And we still rotate it in now as a seasonal Sure. But to make that switch, it's like, you know, some companies probably don't see this when they, they don't really have signatures. So when you go to change your signature, it's a big change for a customer base. Yeah. But no, so, I believe it. So far, it's been, you know, going pretty darn well. It's what people buy. I mean, you know, a good amount of the market, I'm sure. So, yeah, it's our number one selling uh, beer across across the brand and across the yeah. fleet. So we're really happy with it. Um, I, I think as far as hazies go, it can be sometimes very difficult to differentiate between them. Right. And I think this one has the, the hot balance on it where it's a little bit different. And I think that's why we've been so successful with it. It's yeah. not straight up, you know, fruit juice. It's not super bitter. It's just right no, in it's between. Got hops, yeah. yeah. It, you know, let you know it's an IPA, obviously. Like, we yep. want it to be a little bit bitter because it's an IPA. And the hot balance to it though is it's it's drinkable you can have two or three of them and not be full and not be drunk and so that's kind of the the placement we're going for on them sure that's awesome very exciting stuff um i want to um we're we're running short on time so i want to grab anybody else that you want to grab if if they're interested if not more beer if not we can uh wrap things up but what do you you think seth you're uh running the show here I'm going to bring one per one more person on. I like the guy in the. Um, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, here we go. That's great. We should have the Philly can here. I mean, if you've seen the artwork on the Philly can, I mean that thing's like speaks Philly. Everything on it, all the sports teams. Yeah, all, you know, right. Everything Philly's on that. The bell. I've been really excited to talk to the 15 year old that's been in the brew house all day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. Tur- if you don't mind, turn that right right there and try to get as close to it as you can. But that, that's moving here. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce yourself. What's your name? Uh, I'm Bill. Bill, I'm, yeah. Uh, the brewer out of the media location. Nice. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. So um, tell me about – so I'm going to do the same thing I did to the other brewers here. Yeah. Um, go back to, like, your early craft beer experiences. What was, like, maybe that beer that hooked you in and were like, okay, you know, beer is more than Bud Light and Miller Light. I'm into this, okay. and then okay. tell me about like your brewing history and how you ended up um, where you are now. Cool, yeah, I mean, that's easy. Uh, so I went to uh, Penn State main campus for a little bit of time. Yep. Uh, once I came back, I ended up working out of the media location as a front house employee. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, around that time, uh, AJ, who is now director of brewery operations, he had a beer nice. there, uh, Golden Imperial Stout, Polar Bear. Uh, it, Golden it, Imperial Stout, so like not a dark beer. Or no, not like black? No, crystal clear, yeah. uh, gold like a pilsner, tasted like an espresso in a glass. Yeah, and wow. Also very expensive to make and never happening again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was weird enough and it was cool enough that I was like, wow, this is interesting. And yeah. so I started home brewing and you know, just started making beer in my basement. 
And then uh, I annoyed the brewers enough that eventually when they, uh, you know, had an opening, they were like, oh, hey, why don't you apply? And yeah, right. That was like three years ago. So Nice. Yeah. So um, what's it been like for you? I mean, you know, brewing for three years, you're kind of, um, you know, as th- that you're right in the middle of that rise of like the craft beer, the, yeah. the, the hazy IPA explosion, things like that. So, um, you know, what do you think is different about the way that you learned to beer versus or learned to brew beer versus somebody that, you know, started doing it 20 years ago? Well, I mean, it's been an interesting time. And uh, I think one of the benefits of working with this company has been like how uh, on point we are with practices and everything. And sure. You do market research and you do what you can, but a lot of it has just kind of been meeting demand and trying to see what uh, people are drinking and what they want versus what we can supply. I think the whole hazy craze, uh, from my perspective at least, I heard everyone, like, you know, everyone was talking shit about it a little bit in the beginning. But uh, once you're on it, those velocities, they don't lie. Uh, Sure. It's just something it got me interested at least in hop varieties and messing right. around with stuff and some of the newer things that uh, the growers are putting out it's just cool to mess with some of that like idaho seven azaka yeah. some of your other stuff yeah i like the azaka i like the new england stuff i'm not crazy about idaho seven for some reason that very one turns tropical, me off i don't orange. know why yeah. For some reason, if there's like a single hop Idaho 7 or something that's heavy in Idaho 7, I don't know. It's so weird. Does everybody have a hop that they don't like or don't care for? Or is it just me? Oh, no, we all do. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, that, that, that's industry standard. Like yeah. Everyone has one. They're just like, screw this hop. Like I'm done with it. Yeah, It's weird that like, you know, sometimes you just find beers that you don't care for as much. But then when you find that ingredient, you know, and you can, it's nice when it's, you know, you can actually find it on the menu before you actually order and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, very cool. So, I mean, now that everybody's here around the table, oh, what? Got, why don't you guys come behind yeah, us here so you can yeah, actually so be in the video. on camera if you come, want. Yeah, come yeah, behind yeah, me yeah. and you can share, be in the video. Yeah, share with Seth and everything. But um, what do you guys see as, like, the future of Iron Hill? All right, so we, we, we talked about the distribution. We've talked about um, getting kegs out there. But, I mean, what do you guys see as, like, the future and um, where you guys hope the brewery is and what you guys hope to do? Um, you know, moving forward from where you are now. What's new and exciting coming up? All yours. World domination? All yours. <laughs> World domination. I like it. That's like supposed to be internal, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, anybody. Yeah. Uh, I think quality. You know, we're playing the big brewery game now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think what we're doing here, uh, we're going to keep getting better at it. and. Uh, it's an interesting perspective. I mean, you know, there's there's lots of local breweries, and you guys treat each location like its own little local brewery. But you guys are are a big a big brewery company. Yeah. So and, you know, and in the same way, like our future is the same as our past too. We, we're still going to stick with that community. Yeah. Uh, and everywhere where our individual restaurants are, uh, we're going to hold true to that community and. Yeah. Keep the local customers happy. Man, we've talked about this before on the show, but like, you know, there's the small breweries, the local tap rooms that, you know, sell some four packs, but they've got a great, you know, location to drink beer, you know, can, can do well. And then there's like that medium-ish brewery that, that starts to struggle with distribution and, and things like that. And they almost get too big for their own good. And um, I think like for you guys, maybe like you're lucky that, that you, you guys grew to such a size before that and had that infrastructure and that experience to adapt with the industry over the years and still be as strong now as you are 
I, I think just talking to everybody, it seems like Iron Hill has a wide base. And I mean that both foundation, foundation wise. Yeah. I mean that uh, geographically. I mean that locations, and that's going to help support this going up, as opposed to some of the breweries that didn't have a wide base and they tried to go up and yeah, maybe did that. And I mean, it seems like they've got a pretty sweet staff here too. I mean, they've got people that really care, right. and yeah, <laughs> they're all right. <laughs> I I honestly can't speak enough about our staff like we have the best brewers around and and that is that goes a football length wide like we, we we have them and that allows us to be able to develop new beers to push new beers and to really be able to move into a distribution network where we know we're putting out the best quality beers we can and, yeah. and i think that that's a huge advantage for us. As you mentioned infrastructure, we have the infrastructure. We know yeah. we do. And, you know, going into retail has been a little bit of a challenge for us. So it's for anybody. But we're figuring it out. We're figuring out where our missteps were. We're figuring out where we can do better. And I think the fact that we're willing to admit that puts us a little bit ahead of the game. Sure. Like we're, we're not, we're not, we don't have the ego that a lot of breweries do where it's, Oh, what we put out is the best thing ever, and if you don't like it, that's on you. Like we we value our customers' opinions. We we want to know what they think about our beers, sure, because that helps us develop beers that are going to sell well in the market and sell well in our restaurants. And I think taking advantage of the the playground that we have is is monumental to our success now and in the future. Sure, I feel like you haven't said hi at all. If you want to step up yeah. here. <laughs> Just, just say that you've been on a podcast before. Why don't you say hi and I say what you introduce Colin? Yeah. Uh, he's an intern from American Brewers Guild. So, oh, nice. Okay. So uh, the intern. The school that many of us at Arnold have an education from. Sure. Uh, so we've great relationship with them. Yeah, and awesome. Colin is our newest addition here. Hey, Colin. He's interning here for the next few weeks. Hello. Hey, there you go. Now you've been on a podcast. <laughs> this this is officially, officially the most famous. people. I'm officially The famous. most people we've ever had on a podcast. Yeah. This is it. For sure. For sure. Well, yeah, guys, um, I really appreciate Seth. Obviously, you know, you, you played a big part in setting this whole thing up. And um, what I really like is that um, you are like one of those, um, I don't know what the right, right word to say it, but like, uh, you know, a, a, this like a beer guy that like I always talk to about like styles or breweries or, um, you know, methods of brewing and things like that. You're just like somebody I've always gone to for knowledge in the industry. And I, don't, I think that you really believe in everybody here or you wouldn't have asked me to come here. You know what I mean? So I think like you being somebody that that has this um, experience in the industry and in brewing to be as passionate as you are about this this business and everybody here that you've invited to be a part of this thing um, is real and means, you know, and, and you know, is uh, is legit. You know what I mean? So I feel like um, this is a really cool team, and I really appreciate everything that you did to put this together and introducing us to everybody and, and having a good time. So, Do, do they all call you Grampy? Is that what they call you? <laughs> we will now. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> but now I have a feeling it's going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, You're welcome. No, I, I appreciate you guys coming, and, and uh, you know, this is, I think, my third or fourth time being on with you guys. Yeah. And every time it's just so much fun, and, and I love what you guys are doing. And I think it's important to the community, important to the beer world. And and you're right. I, I 100% believe in this brewery yeah. um, um, beyond all things. And I think we, again, like the sky is our limit at this point. And I'm, I'm, I'm super happy you guys came. And I'm super happy we got to get our word out there and 
push all of our our brewers and our our great team to uh to kind of highlight them as well because i feel like in this industry the people that make the beer don't get the acclaim they deserve and i'm really happy to be able to highlight some of their accomplishments and what they do on a day-to-day basis yeah awesome well uh cheers to you guys and everybody that's involved here in uh in the brewery i appreciate you guys and everything that you're doing you guys can't hear, but I have a little clapper sounder going, <laughs> like an audience clapping. But a um, little thing we're going to do real quick. We always do a, uh, a toast of the week. So it's kind of like um, it's just something that you want to toast that, that has to do with uh, whatever's going on. I'm going to start and, and do my brother just because um, my brother, he runs the whole network and he's like a producer that does and helps out with all this stuff. But um, he's just got a big milestone in his life. He's got this uh, new job that he started. He's been at the same job forever, but he's, he's switching industries and um, going to a new job. And I'm super excited for him. And I think there's like a ton of potential there. So uh, my toast of the week goes to my brother, Taylor. Taylor. So shout out, Taylor. Best of luck. Yeah, man. I'm going to. There we go. I got uh, two quick ones. My yep. first one, uh, U.S. Olympic Volleyball women's tearing it up yeah. on the beach, on the court, both going for the gold medal. Nice. And the big volleyball guy. Uh, second, um, Kenneth Brewfest coming up. Get your yeah. Kenneth Brewfest tickets. Um, and look up Jeff Norman. Yeah. Uh, he had a big uh, fundraiser down in 2SP tonight. Yep. Um, yep. He's got some more fundraisers coming up for his sister uh, who has ALS. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, check out his cause. It's a... It's a great cause to get to. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out, Jeff. Shout out, Kenneth Brewfest. We'll be there. We'll be recording live. We'll be there, too. Iron Hill, I'm sure, will be we there. We'll be there. Uh, if you guys got anything, anybody you want to give a shout out to, feel free. If not. I Yeah, I would just like to give a shout out to our entire brew staff from here to uh, any of our other facilities. Like, these guys are what makes it all possible. They make my job easy because they put out good beer. And I think that that, again, doesn't get celebrated enough in sure. this industry and i just really want to highlight what they do and how they do and the sweat yeah. blood and tears literal and blisters and everything else yeah. that goes along with brewing that comes with it um a lot of people out there want to make beer until they have sweat rolling down their back and it's 95 degrees and they're graining out right um, yeah. and these guys I do it that. and girls do it day to day every day and they it's should like be celebrated for like that. Nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it should be celebrated as much as we possibly can. Awesome. Well, cheers to you guys. Uh, thanks again for um, having us here and everything. You got anything else? Here comes Wrap the music. All right. So, everybody here at Iron Hill, thank you so much for hosting us, letting us hang out. Everybody that's watching at home, that's listening on the podcast platform, we appreciate you so much. Make sure you look us up on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Make sure you follow MBN Network. Look for Might Be Brews. Um, If you took the time to hang out, we really appreciate you. Uh, We will be back in a couple weeks. I think we're going to come. We're going to try to go live from Brothers Kirshner down at the... And the Brandywine? We got some Wi-Fi issues to work out, but yeah, we're we'll giving it a go. Yeah, we'll have to see about that. Being uh, in the middle of nowhere next to a stream and streaming live, you know, is, is a completely different thing. Jeff has Basil hung up an antenna the whole time. It'll be <laughs> yeah. fine. Like, it'll be fine. You're that Basil. They, they at least have electricity for the amps, so they've got to have electricity for us. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, again, if you took some time to hang out with us, we appreciate you, and we will see you next time. <laughs>